Hello and welcome to the Yellow Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Juliet Marco for Duggar. I'm so glad that you're here for another episode. Today I sit down with JJ and Melissa Placencio. Their story of resilience is so inspiring. And I just want to tell you what I love most about this interview. The laughter. Y'all, we have so much fun. And we want to invite you in on that fun with us. So enjoy your time today. Press pause, grab a journal something to drink, and just hang out. Let this be your check-in, your self-care, your soul care. This is your time. This is your time to glean and to listen and to just gather some information and hopefully some joy and clarity and inspiration along the way. So let's go. We have so much to unpack and share with you. You both sound great. Do I sound great? Yeah, let me hear you. Do I sound great? Oh, let me tell you, it's the girl that has the best one, two, threes. <laughs> in the house. Like she's been doing it her whole life. She can do three, two, one like nobody's business. Absolutely. Let's put that she's in the right context. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Everybody, you don't know. This is an inside joke. Inside oh, joke. All right. Get your. Okay. We're recording. So it's all up to, to you. Okay. To all up to you. Is there a theme song? Do you have a theme? Oh, yeah. Theme song? I mean, theme I do song. have music on my podcast. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, but okay. at the beginning. Why okay. You want to do something? No, do you, you got one? You got one? You know, you, you, got could, a theme song? you could start us off with a song. Mm. <laughs> you could, you oh. could do that. Oh, give me a beat, babe. Give me a beat. <laughs> Come on, white girl. <laughs> oh, that's right. We are recording, right? Mm. <laughs> Hold on. I'm really bad at keeping time. That's okay. No, Joel told me I was really bad at keeping time. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay. That's right. It's jazz, babe. Uh, <laughs> this is podcast jazz. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Okay. Get into it, Melissa. Which, by the way, that's like harder. It could be, for some people, that might be a harder. Especially if your rhythm section is horrible. Yeah, that's true. Then y- it's bad jazz. <laughs> is your rhythm horrible? Oh, yes. <laughs> that's you awful. know what? <laughs> you, we just need to do Rocky Balboa on you and like grab a racquetball where you're just bouncing it with some sweats on. Oh, and wow. And you're like just bouncing it. It's the best. <laughs> and you just. <laughs> You're just bouncing that racquetball, working on your Man. time. You just do that like all day, and that's how we'll work on your rhythm. Oh, wow. You put You'll some eventually sweats. get it. Yeah, yeah. you get some, put a bandana on, some sweats, and like a half You shirt. realize I've never run to the end of the block, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we could do that tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's favorite we, time. We <laughs> <laughs> you think that. I oh, see that's right. how you might think that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the truth is, no one wants to see me before at least nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> she can outsleep like a, a teenager. Like yeah, seriously. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I can Olympic level sleep. This one. Mm-hmm. Deep. That's deep. Yeah, yeah. we're I we're not messing around with Olympic this podcast. We're going. We're yeah, going to get deep. Exactly. Yeah. So I have the pleasure Go ahead. of Go. <laughs> spending time tonight, person to person. This is my first in in-person interview with JJ wow. and Melissa Placencio. Wow. Very good. Yes. Very How'd good. I do? You did, you did great. awesome. <laughs> wow. say, it your, say it your way, JJ. Placencio. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's like you're ordering a bottle of wine. 
That sounds way better. <laughs> right, you need like the, the little kiss fingers to go with it. Placencio, eh? What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> See, this should be more than audio tonight. We, we need a video. Right, yeah, right. Because we have to explain everything. Oh, that's yeah. what the kiss fingers. Right. Does let that me get sense? Yeah, I don't nobody. mean like the band. Right. Let me yeah. just I step mean, off the <laughs> table and, and just sit back down with you guys. <laughs> nobody can Put see my shoes back on. That's right. Nobody can see our hand motions. And we just came from having some really delicious Mexican food mm. at Serrano's. Yes, Serrano's. Oh, man. Yeah. We're Maybe full. if they hear this, we'll get a discount or something. Exactly. For life. Yeah. For life. And For we have life. our shout out to Nespresso. We have our coffee. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So we met the first time. Well, JJ and I met on the phone. That's right. I guess a couple of months back. Mm-hmm. He is the audio engineer for yes. Yes. my book. And that's how we got connected through the Fed agency, through my mm-hmm. publisher. And then last week, I walked in and the quality control was the amazing overqualified jj said <laughs> yeah <Melissa. Way> overqualified. <laughs> your over quality control <laughs> and funny story is i really wasn't sure who you were when uh-huh. you greeted me at the door and then i i i thought well i think he's married and then you said hey babe and i thought well this is weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they don't even know what the context of the book right. is oh my um <laughs> So, as you know, what's this working relationship? And right. I figured out, oh, wait, there's the the picture on the wall that says this is when we got married. I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in a church and he's a pastor. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Maybe that could have given it off a little bit. But no, right. it was the, the thing on the wall. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we spent a couple of days together, Thursday mm-hmm. and Friday. We thought we were going to go through saturday but we knocked it out because mm-hmm. why babe because she is the most amazing reader <laughs> ever that has ever been Th- Stop. yes she is the most amazing reader that has ever been right now i know i know it, it sounds like just flattery but it's absolutely true like with right. a straight face yeah thank you yeah. yeah it really is you can read like i know that sounds like so um uh you know like <laughs> You could do your alphabet better. You know, <laughs> it sounds like I'm belittling One, two, you, but I'm right, not, right. I'm not I know, belittling you. Yeah, you I, really can read I was read about out to loud. say, you read like a grade school teacher. And yeah. I realized like, wow, did, would that sound good? But like, really, <laughs> when you're a grade school teacher and you constantly have to be reading to kids, like you've got to be good. And you were really really good y'all are you, you hype man y'all are hyping me up i hope yeah. i hope yeah they, they enjoy listening as much as you're <laughs> saying they're going i'm just saying it. that if you would have started with reading it before writing it i don't know if that's not possible <laughs> i know but yeah. you would have been done really quick <laughs> right you could have just right. spoken yeah, yeah 20 just, months later yeah. right we have a book yeah. just right away yeah well no i problem. have to say it was it was one of the most amazing experiences that i've ever personally had and it's like you you don't even know what to expect or how much you're going to love it until you're actually doing it. Uh-huh. And from me to you guys, on a serious note, like y'all were the dream team. Yeah. I mean, it's like you've raised the bar, you know, you've set the standard. So wow. I think about having both of you and as a married couple, like just the synergy between the two of you. And I told, um, I told the publisher today, I said, you know, just 
they they could communicate through hand motions or <laughs> you didn't even have to say anything and you you had the communication down um but it was it was such a unique and interesting experience i loved being able to um just adding emphasis or okay start over say that a little bit different or mm-hmm. you know put some drama in there you know right. pronounce the words a little differently mm-hmm. uh, and then my texas draw came out it yeah. sure <laughs> did it but sure it did it, <laughs> it only <laughs> came out on like the biggest words <laughs> too it's yeah i know yeah that was a challenge but mm-hmm. it, i literally at one point i think I don't even remember what it was, but I thought, dang, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to yeah. m- meta- metastasize. That's it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Metastasize, y'all. It's How yeah. many times did we go go through yeah, that? Yeah, that was funny. That was like that was four was times or right. something. <laughs> that was just so bizarre yeah. to me that. But you said it right <laughs> right now. She said it right. Exa- well, <laughs> yeah. she, she never said it wrong. It's it just was, has that little bit of an accent. It's yeah, the just synergy. a little bit. Yeah, it's uh-huh. the yeah, synergy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was the sleepy the sleepy Texas voice, and then the, it wasn't as controlled, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah. I want to dive into different parts of your story and I know that we we had some time together on Friday to go out and, and uh, grab a bite to eat and so as we started talking I was like hmm I think our listeners need to hear more um, so let's start with Melissa Sweet. and tell Sweet. us we'll, we'll start with some of your <laughs> background and like what you like what you do, what mm-hmm. your genius is that you serve to the world oh, wow. today. So <laughs> um, share with us, share with us what you do. Um, so I work in education. Um, I'm a curriculum writer, which means I write the what and the when for uh, things in, in a classroom. Uh, so I'm in charge of, yeah, developing curriculum. Um, and that's a that's kind of one of those words that's pretty loaded in the ed biz um, because curriculum is kind of like um, people will automatically assume well kind of in, in education what isn't curriculum um, but curriculum is really about like what gets taught and and when it gets taught how things get bundled how deeply uh, you go into things at certain points Um, And then what are the best instructional strategies for bringing that around? And so teachers are very much in in charge of the how of what they do and how they deliver their lessons and everything like that. But um, the rest, that's all me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's brilliant. What did you do before? I love that. Did you hear your your guy? He said, you're brilliant. You are brilliant. For a girl. No, oh, see, we got to get that girl power. I'm teasing. <laughs> You're going to get some hate mail. No, listen, <laughs> there's at least once a week I have to say, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you introduced her and said, we have the overqualified Melissa. Yes, so. yeah, trust me. Uh, we know you're not a hater. No, yeah. no, no, I'm just no, picking on it. No, she is absolutely brilliant. Oh, that's kind. Get I mean, a room. That's what I keep telling these really two. Brilliant, really like is. shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you do before before you started on the path in school? Because you also have your masters, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, I guess uh, if we're going if we're going backwards, um, some current I currently work in curriculum. Before I worked in curriculum, I worked in instructional coaching, which is basically coaching teachers how to uh, work with their strengths to teach better, uh, utilizing practices that are better, 
uh, for different student learning and stuff like that. Um, before that, of course, I was a teacher for a long time. Uh, I taught largely chemistry and physics. Mm. Uh, there was one semester someone thought it was a great idea for me to teach biology, um, but that was not my strong suit. Um, I mean, it, it was it was okay. It was okay, but largely I think the kids left like excited to take chemistry because everything I had to say was hey, and it's going to be so cool in chemistry when we <laughs> do this again. Um, before I became a teacher, I um, was obviously in college. Um, I didn't go to college to become a teacher. I had no uh, intention of uh, becoming a teacher, not because I had anything against teaching, but just kind of because I don't think I had an intention to be anything except a professional student. And I think that's the way a lot of kids feel when they're going through when they're going through college. They feel like it's never going to end. Um, but when the point came when uh, college was ending, um, I had been accepted to several different graduate schools uh, for chemistry and for geology because um, that was my degree. And um, essentially I looked at my kids and um, I was a single parent at the time. The rigors that grad school would require out of me, I could not possibly devote that kind of time and then also raise my kids. So, I mean, if you're going to do grad school as in the, in the hard sciences, it really is 15 hours a day um, over and over and over again. It's really, uh, it's really grueling in terms of your time. And I just didn't have that kind of time. Yeah. Um, so after, after I kind of admitted to myself that I really didn't have the time to, to you know, devote to being the student that I wanted to be, um, I began to look at, you know, what other, what other options did I have? And I did end up in, in education largely because I, I had a gift for teaching that came about while I was in college and I never, ever, ever knew that it was there. Um, just happened to be an, a natural communicator. And when I went ahead and did my first interview uh, it, with, a, with a school district, uh, they snatched me up right away. So <laughs> there it is. That's fascinating. Yeah. I love that. I was definitely blessed that throughout my career and um, in my career, I worked largely with students who, students who had not necessarily special needs, right? Needs they uh, typically high poverty districts, um, high poverty uh, schools, um, schools with, uh, you know, students that had a lot of outside challenges that kind of... Um, colored the way they looked at education. And, um, you know, working with kids through that can be a real challenge to anybody. I, I found um, just, from, just from having, you know, as many knocks and uh, hard things as I had in my own life um, that I was able to relate to those mm -hmm. kids in a, in a different yeah. way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and appreciate them, mm -hmm. you know, for kind of what they did have to bring, bring to the table. And I think that that's something that now um, we talk about in the ed biz as uh, recognizing the funds of knowledge that kids do come with rather than looking at what kids don't come with. Because it's very easy to say like, you know, oh, these kids come into my physics class and they don't even know algebra. Yeah, they probably don't. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do they know? And let's work with what they do know to get them to learn physics. And 
um, that that shift is happening with a lot of teachers right now. Um, but it's something that just because of my own my own experience and and not having been a particularly um, it's not that I was a bad student. It's just that I very rarely was there. <laughs> Physically or mentally or both? Uh, what I was the kid that would ask to use the bathroom and not come back. <laughs> so you were strategic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And never got in any trouble, so I was able to totally fly under the radar. Had grades just good enough that um, no, no teacher ever thought I was doing poorly, um, but certainly no teacher ever thought to challenge me, um, I Boy, guess that, because I wasn't there. That um, Melissa girl has a bad case of IBS. <laughs> she seems to be going to the bathroom. Right, so right. <laughs> this is, this so, is yeah. the colorful podcast yeah. episode. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I guess, I guess in, in, a, in a lot of ways I, I had a lot in common <laughs> with my students and I was definitely able to you know, see through, see through a thing or two. And, uh, and, and then, and then largely too, I guess I just wasn't as, I wasn't as troubled by, you know, certain behaviors because I'm like, well, uh, you know, you're a teenager and, uh, that's really, really, really rough. You're going to grow out of things and it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I love that you drew upon your own experience Mm -hmm. in your life as a young person And then also, as a single mother, you brought Mm -hmm. the compassion from your own pain Mm -hmm. that you had continued to walk through, right? Because you were Mm -hmm. still walking that out. Oh, yeah. And and being in school and then really applying that to to your career and to your students and to be able to see them through a different lens Mm -hmm. than just at face value for what it is being able to look deeper beneath the surface of Mm -hmm. hey this you know this kid or they're just trying to find their way Mm -hmm. they're having they're having a difficult day I love too what you said that there's teachers that are doing more of this now you mentioned and I'm paraphrasing somewhat Mm -hmm. but focusing on this uh child's strengths versus Mm -hmm. just their weakness right and what they're going through and taking that into consideration Mm -hmm. and potentially their home life I think about as adults what what is expected of us in the workforce leave your leave your problems at home Mm -hmm. right before you come through the front doors right leave your problems outside right when you think about young people that Mm -hmm. how have we equipped them Right. with that EQ, that emotional intelligence. So. There's been a, an interesting thing, too, that Melissa brought up one time where she was saying that even the way sermons are being given from the pulpit, that at some point that needs to change because the way that um, kids are receiving or being taught is so different than it was back when there was just sermons. Sure. So the way that we even communicate and we learn the Bible from Mm. a teacher, uh, then that is going to change because you have all, you have this new generation Mm -hmm. that wasn't used to this type of, um, this medium of a sermon. That's how you learn. So I'm going to lecture for, you know, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then this is how you're expected to learn all these things. 
So that's in, why don't you talk about that? Because you, you remember we we, <laughs> yeah, we had a yeah. conversation, which is really interesting. So yeah. was, I was trying to get Melissa to even come on staff to help teach our <laughs> teachers because that's what she does. She yeah. teaches teachers. I, I teach teachers. Do you see at some point where even sermons should should pastors should relook at the way we teach the Bible on a Sunday morning experience? Is is there a way? Because it's the sermon is a very traditional format, and I, and I get it that you know Jesus gave sermons, so I, I I totally understand that. But I'm wondering if there's an advantage from looking at the way this generation now is being taught mm-hmm. that um, that it could be who you know would behoove yes. the church to learn to to communicate yeah. in a different way than in a sermon. Does that yeah. make sense? Absolutely. And so I would I would I would step in first of all and say. The sermon being how Jesus taught, was it? Because I read the Bible and I see a lot of him walking around in life with a lot of people. And I wonder if those people didn't learn far more than people who heard the sermons. And I wonder if it wasn't those people, right, who um, after Jesus died, after Jesus was resurrected, it was those people that kept that kept the faith moving forward in addition to or at least at the front of people who were um who were in a large crowd so yes i mean obviously people who walked with jesus they they documented their time Mm -hmm. with him they shared and that's what we have now is the holy scriptures Mm -hmm. and still we have the sermon on the mount which was pivotal and you know not to take anything away from that sermon that's it was a the reason you know it's a great commission Mm -hmm of why we're even here on this earth or, mm-hmm. or, but can you talk a little bit about the pedagogy? Yeah. That's Absolutely. what I'm wanting to know is more, not, not yeah. the Come on, content. Melissa, dig deep. Yeah. I'm talking about the pedagogy, <laughs> dig, not sister, the content. Dig. For sure. So I, I will go ahead and say that, um, lecture is very efficient in communicating big ideas quickly. So lecture um, is extremely efficient as mo- at moving a big idea across quickly. Uh, there's, hardly any, there's hardly any way to deny that. The trouble comes in when you start looking at kind of the curriculum of it, which when you, cons- when you consider the curriculum of it, it's like what do uh, the, the hearers or those who hear this, what do they need to remember and what do they need to be able to use from this this piece of or from this information? So, what we know from research regarding tra- this traditional method of, um, I think that people usually call it the sage on the stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's when you think about the, uh, you know, um, the teacher that stands up and she lectures, and she's got all these amazing things to say, and she's got all these wonderful, uh, you know, analogies and stories and this and that. And when you start to talk to the students that are listening to the person, what you realize is there's compliance, and they possibly even really like her, Um, but the person who's really doing the learning the person who's really getting those neural pathways knit deeply is the teacher, right? Mm. And so when you, when you look at these, these uh, lectures, what you find is that certain students, um, when we're talking about lecture, what we see is that it doesn't, um, 
it doesn't fulfill the same needs. Mm. Um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't speak to the same parts. A lot of times when, uh, students, students who excel at lecture, typically it's excel at lecture when the lecturer is like them. So um, is that the connecting point if we're after the lecture well, and communi- what about communicating? Mm-hmm. When I think of communicating or sharing the heart of the person yeah. that we, we think that what we're offering is so good. We have so many amazing analogies and points and curriculum but then that person walks away from the quote-unquote conversation right. mm-hmm. and they forget what they just heard. Right. See, it wasn't a conversation when the lecture was happening. So there wasn't necessarily exactly. anything interpersonal happening. Yeah. Um, what you see being effective with schools now is models of instruction where the students participate collaboratively so they they're the ones that are driving the instruction in a lot of ways um this whole stage sage on the stage thing um that that i mentioned the whole sage on the stage idea is you know what when i need that information i can ask you but in the meantime i'm collaborating with people on ideas and moving forward with um with my with my learning that way mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel like a lot of what we um, we know about how people learn and how people engage and how they want to be engaged is they want a collaborative component and they want a service component mm-hmm. and I wonder if a lot of our churches aren't set up to where the church is a destination right mm-hmm. so you go there on a Sunday you have a self-contained lesson right that um, is compl- that that requires nothing of you, right? Mm. You can participate, mm-hmm. right? But strictly speaking, the the le- the the lesson that the pastor is giving or the lecture that the pastor is giving, it doesn't actually require any response from you, right? Stand up, sit down at the right times, and you can be in and out of the church and 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 no one be any the wiser, did you just have your heart changed or did you not? Did you learn something or did you not? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's really, there's really um, a way to, that, uh, that I think a fair amount of people, and myself included, we have, it, there's, a, there's a deep failure of catechesis, there's a deep failure of discipleship, but there is phenomenal attendance. And that's the problem. And I, I see today's students, right, the students that I see in classrooms today, uh, they flat out won't sit still for a lecture. They flat out won't do it. Um, you know, you're the, best, the best of them are just going to go ahead and, and tune you out and jump in on their device. So if you're going to start, if you're going to maintain this uh, lecture kind of paradigm, um, my, con- my concern is that we're going to miss entire swaths of generations and also entire, group, entire groups that um, don't culturally fit mm-hmm. that norm, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's really breaking the mold. I, I, I found myself in just a variety of conversations in the last few years 
of what that looks like when someone does attend mm -hmm. a service or a gathering uh, at a church where they didn't want to be entertained. Mm -hmm. They did not want the pastor to be reading from an iPad. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to look up scriptures on their phone. They didn't want to connect through any type of a device or see that because the other six days of the week, mm -hmm. that's what they're doing. And so I just continue to have conversations with people. You know, how does, how do you feel about this? Mm -hmm. You know, what are your expectations? What are you looking for? And it, and it just seems synonymous that it was like, you know, whether you were 20 or 40, it was like, mm -hmm. let's go a little old school. <laughs> You know, right. let's, that felt refreshing to them, something something different and a different. And, J.J., for you, uh, let me jump to you for, for just a, a little bit. Um, tell us about your background and uh, what you're presently doing and, as your wife says, your accolades. <laughs> <laughs> um, share with us, share with us, get to, get to your present day self, but go back a little yeah. bit for us. Um, let's see here. I remember in the womb, how far back are we going? <laughs> Maybe not that far back. Deep, take us deep. deep. <laughs> this is a dig deep pocket. I, I'm from El Paso. And um, if you speak Spanish translated, you know that means Lubbock. No, I'm just <laughs> no, um, so I'm from El Paso originally and um, born and raised there. And just from uh, a teenage kid, um, started going to church with my dad. He got saved. And so we all started going to church. I remember playing in the youth group, and um, I played cello first, so I do play cello, and I, I chose that instrument because it had an in-pin, and I thought it would help me um, if I got in a fight on the way home. I lived in a bad part of El Paso, yeah. so like if that, it would help me uh, fend off people if, with this instrument. And then I found out that when I was carrying it home the whole time, everybody mm. left me alone because they didn't want any piece of this, you know, they an orchestra dork. You know? <laughs> um, they didn't so want to be part of your yeah, cello. They don't want to be part of the cello or they just, didn't, they just didn't, were not worth the time. And um, so I ended up playing cello and then um, uh, was not, I, I fell in love with it, but um, was not as good as this other school that I went to when, when my uh, dad relocated in El Paso. So I dropped out of orchestra and played soccer and started playing, going to youth group, playing guitar. And then they said, JJ, you gotta, you gotta play bass because you're the worst guitar player in the band. There was no bass players in the worship band. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's it. I'm gonna learn this instrument and, and destroy guitar players with it. That's my goal. Um, so then um, started playing in church, was leading worship at a church there in El Paso at the age full time for like the age 17, somewhere around there, 18. And then um, found out, hey, you know, this. there's people that will pay you to do this. People that will actually pay you to worship mm. and lead others. That sounds like the best job ever. I mean, oh, man, that's that's a dream. So I started to go on to UNT's music program in Denton in uh, North Dallas. And after one semester on their preliminary program there, I met an, at that time the unknown group Sixpence and Under Richer who were needing a bassist. So just that you can imagine the, the phone call we all want to hear as parents. Hey, I'm going to drop out of school and join <laughs> a band. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So you're exactly. going to depend on me financially yeah, for a exactly. long time. 
So it's what every parent wants wants to hear. <laughs> so I joined Sixpence None the Richer and did um, about three to four records with them, mm-hmm. and uh, did that like Kiss Me song and and uh, nobody knows that yeah. song, JJ, mm-hmm. <laughs> except the whole world. <laughs> yeah. Um, How does it go? Yeah. Um, the one time it freaked me out uh, hearing it so much was when I called PetSmart, and they put me on hold, and it's playing. <laughs> That's the one time I was like, okay, everybody, epic. this is getting out of control. And I was already You're sick like, of the dude, song. I'm on PetSmart's <laughs> line. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I was already sick of the song before it even broke because we toured it forever before yeah. even. Yeah. I remember in Walgreens, you were, we were getting like Tylenol and yeah. it came on the radio and you should have just seen your face. he was he was it was this it was this mixture of like oh my gosh nobody look at me um (laughs) and why would they look at me and why would they look at (laughs) you yeah uh yeah but yeah yeah, so that and then um i quit that band and i joined a band called plum and we toured with jars of clay uh for a, a good season and then i quit that band and then i was looking for another band to quit um, when I finally found out, that was a joke. It was a, uh, <laughs> I moved to Austin to help the, a little church called Gateway Church, um, mm-hmm. which is now has like seven campuses. It's a big church. Was there about 11 years. And then um, decided to rebuild something again. And I went down to uh, First Evangelical Free with Rob Harrell, now called Austin Oaks. And I was there for another 11 years. And just four days ago has been my, so I, I left that job April 30th. Wow. So we're speaking on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. That's and right. also with you. And also with you. And also with you, my and friend. <laughs> and so, yeah, right now I'm currently unemployed, um, but um, just decided to trust God, step out, and see what he has planned for next. And um, we know that he's faithful. There's already, mm-hmm. um, he's already opening some doors for us to consider to walk through. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be fine. Um, but, um, it's just kind of fun. I love building things. Mm-hmm. Um, I own that recording studio where you re- record at and do a lot of records there. Amazing yeah, recording it was, studio. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of Spanish. I have a heart for Spanish worship. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to help out with that a little bit. And yeah, so I just, I love coming home. Um, and seeing how Melissa has to my changed, <laughs> yeah. See how Melissa has changed yeah. the furniture around. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I leave for a trip and I come back, she redoes things. So I'll be like, wait, "Where's the?" Wait, wait, I'm having a moment, <laughs> Melissa. <Yeah>. And <laughs> Melissa, I'm having a moment. Oh, this yes. is this is this is a thing I do yes, ever since I was right? a young kid. Really? I yes, I my mom this? would come home. Yes, I do oh. this. See, it's a thing. It is a thing. My He's kids will come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my kids will come out. I yep. think I think I need I think I need therapy. My I kids will yeah. come out and they'll say, "Wait a second, mm-hmm. did did you move the couch mm-hmm. yeah. again?" Yep. And I'm like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. "I don't know. Maybe. How Great. do you feel about it?" They're like, "I don't know. Why don't you <laughs> leave it for a few days and let me decide?" Right. You know? Yeah. I always get inspired to do it right around one thirty or two in the morning is when I decide that I really, really, really need to move heavy furniture. <laughs> we'll get some we'll get some comments that say, you know, there's some internal chaos oh, going yeah. going on in you right. if you're moving furniture. Right. And <laughs> but it's not furniture. Like furniture I can deal with because like, okay, there's the couch to now sit on. It's like silverware. It's like now all the pots and pans are in a different direction. Okay. The measuring cups are in a different <laughs> drawer now. Okay. It's the where's the the little 
chupacabra that I would, would you know, when I'm trying to cook something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all like, right. how, how do I respond to this? <laughs> and that's all so, the time we have so today. So thank you all for listening. Folks, we're done when here. things aren't organized, right, and you happen to know where they are, that's swell. But then what I do is I organize the thing. You know, that's well, so why we, it's we in call a this location. we call this justification <laughs> <Yeah>. and minimization. <laughs> See, babe, here's the truth, though, babe. What's the truth, babe? Because I'm not sure. It you arrange it to where it makes sense in your brain. Like oh, that's I can see how that would be a problem for you. Just get on board, JJ. That's yeah. all we're asking. Is that too much to ask? You know what? And the truth is, this is not the battle I choose to fight. <laughs> I don't right. care. I That's don't, right. I don't care. Your empty nesters pick your battles. Yeah, right. I don't. This one, it's it's fine. Yeah, that's I, right. This is go easy. for it. We're gonna roll with yeah. it. I'm. I don't. Yeah. I. You just try to find the the butter knives from now on. You see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So earlier at dinner, we were talking about music. Yep. And Why? I know, I know, right? So I was going back to sharing that, you know, in, when yeah. I write that I always have oh. something, something mm-hmm. playing. So, but, but I touched on soul care and mm-hmm. just the, I think creatively to that part of ourselves as human beings that the, the soul care and when we neglect those parts of our, ourself, mm-hmm. And we continue to press in and lean in creatively that we suffer if we don't tend to those, those areas that continue to breathe life and, and open ourselves up to the healing and what we continue to need as we do pour out. And then I was sharing that the, that music going mm-hmm. as I write inspires me. And you shared there's things that you do. Right in your life as a musician mm-hmm. and things that you've done that have worked really well for you. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, I've learned that I can't put anything out unless I put it in. Mm. And so I, um, it's important to be a receiver of art and to be, to participate in worship, to participate in the pain so that you can express it. So even, you know, look, Jules, you know, you're, you wrote a book, you're an author. So, um, you're, you're an artist and God made you an artist so that, you know why artists are important? Artists see the suffering in the world and they're able to express it through their art Mm. and they can see the injustice and they can see the suffering. That's why I can tear up at a drop of a hat. Yeah. I just, I leak. You give me a sob story and it's very easy for me to cry. Yeah. And most artists are that way because we're designed to, to see the suffering and the condition of the world and to respond to it Yeah. in the craft that we've been given. Mm. Uh, but so even as I get inspiration, it's important for me to like all those record, vinyl records there. I draw, I listen to at least maybe two records a day mm. just to put it in. And if I'm writing songs, even with language, right? So I'm writing lyrics. It's important for me to read, like read books, to read something. Because then it, even the, the, the process of language is, is very impressive to me. Like I thought about, remember that 1984 book by George Orwell? Remember that? Yes. Old, I had to read it in high school and did the cliff notes. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> not me. Not you. You read it. No. You didn't have to read it. I think I ditched class. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. You were bathroom. hiding out in the bathroom. <laughs> I was hiding. <laughs> but I did go back and re I read the whole book, and it was really interesting. And one of the things, the story in that book is, it's Big Brother ministry government is controlling everything, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the pr the. It's about communism, and, and George Orwell would would probably say that it was. However, there's this one saying in the book that always struck me, and it was. Um, the way that government controlled its people was through its language. And so they started deleting words from the dictionary. Mm. So if they would delete the word anxious from the dictionary and you were feeling anxious, but there wasn't a word for it, then you would say, I'm fine. Mm. But you're not fine. You're yeah. anxious. Yeah. So it's important. Like um, that's how powerful language is. So yes. even in your craft, right, your language is so important to you, and especially in, in ways that we try to articulate emotion or feelings or even music. When you describe music, you're going to use, uh, it's fast, it's, it's you know, um, can you make it more poppy? You mean the way we, these adjectives that, then I have to try to figure out, okay, what does she mean mm. with your definition of whatever that emotion is? Yeah. Um, and that begins that journey. And so music is music communicates lang uh, emotion just like language communicates thought. And that's why it's it's potent and powerful, because that's why it can move you. Yeah. A song can move you from in five minutes more than a conversation in many mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, and that's that's good and bad because it's bad in the, in the sense that the enemy knows it, too. Yeah. The enemy knows just how powerful it is as well. Yeah, the enemy of our soul. Mm -hmm. And many times it's ourselves. Totally. Right? That oh, man. I mean, we are that, that person in the mirror that's looking back at us, that we, Yeah. the hardest person seems like that we, we find it most difficult oh to man. forgive is, <laughs> is that person. You know, well it's not, it's not what we hold against someone else, yeah. but what we hold against ourselves. I'm, I'm a bad decision away from being an a-hole mm -hmm. at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. I and it, when we're honest as human beings, right. isn't isn't that all of us truthfully? Yeah. As mm -hmm. we continue to um as we continue to overcome and and master. Mhm. Mm right. Instead of being mastered, you know, dominating not people but yeah. dominating our circumstances, overcoming the chaos. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's daily. Right. It's not just going into neutral and coasting through life. It's being intentional. Yeah. I don't know if I would use the word master, in, but I know what you're saying. But I think for me, it's just a big part of surrendering. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's, if, if it's mastering surrendering, mm -hmm. <laughs> then it, then that makes a lot of sense for me. So, Right. He didn't call me to change. He called me to die. Mm. So um, that's that's the that's my battle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's challenging and it's difficult to. To attempt to overcome what we don't understand. Mm -hmm. And the more we the more we go into the parts of our story that we neglect because we don't know what we're going to find right, as right. we you know, peel back the layers. Mm -hmm. 
be intentional and, and live a life of being tended to and knowing that we can, knowing that that's what, mm-hmm. that's what changes us the most mm-hmm. um, is to be able to, to continue to grow and to continue to renew our minds, you know, like mm-hmm. the scripture that says that we're transformed through the renewal of our minds. Mm-hmm. You know, right. to be able to do that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that through mastering that we, it doesn't mean that we arrive, mm-hmm. but that it's a, it's a process. It is a process of surrendering and knowing that we, what we're after, you know, that we are after not being, uh, being enslaved, um, being enslaved and ultimately that we are surrendered and that we are committed to, uh, ultimately to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, that he's, that he is the hero. So what does that look like for you guys daily as as a couple? What would you say are some rhythms in your life? Maybe they've developed into routines for both of you. Mm-hmm. But what would you say is a rhythm in your life that keeps you moving forward? Okay. So I think f- the first one is um, hitting the snooze button at least three <laughs> times. <laughs> um <laughs> Just so that I can make sure that my husband still loves me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at least three times uh, any any given morning uh, definitely is, is the starting point. But no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I find that one of the things that helps me out a great deal or one of the things that I've come to love as a, you know, kind of tradition in and of itself for myself is really setting aside the time to... Now, I'll, I'll be honest... I don't read a whole lot, um, and I, I, I think that you'll find, you know, as we, you know, go to younger and younger and younger kids, too, like, you know, listening to podcasts, watching, uh, you know, videos, uh, video blogs, and things like that, that tends to become more of a, uh, more of a method that, that people, that people are utilizing more. It's possibly because, you know, driving around and different things, but, I find that listening to, uh, you know, uh, podcasts by people that I really, um, that, I'm, that I'm able to learn from is yeah. enormously helpful. And um, I set aside multiple hours in a day to listen to different podcasts mm. um, and to really listen to and, and learn from um, really awesome people. Mm. And I find that that that's something that helps me grow a great deal. Beautiful. Yeah, that's good. I love uh, it. I love it. Is that too. good? That's good. You know, um, <laughs> I I will just say that um, we're surprised. We, we mentioned mm-hmm. this, just how much we enjoy each other, mm-hmm. um, how much we want to spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so every, I, I, want, I want to experience everything with Melissa. And another thing I'm, you know, after all these 11 years of at, being a pastor at, at this church, um, listen, when you're in ministry, sometimes um, your wife takes the shrapnel of, uh, you know, mm. I can, I can, I can, um, she can be, uh, you know, uh, ministry can be a mistress at mm-hmm. some points. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's been good for me to, uh, you know, I'm going to take her to Puerto Vallarta. We're going to go yes. for 11 yeah. days. Yes, and you are. And part of that time is just for us to, for me to go and listen mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hear, make sure that I'm listening. Melissa's 
you know, her dreams, her aspirations, mm -hmm. what she wants to do, you know, how I can uh, help her, or, you know, we can be looking at those things together. So all those, there's a lot of conversations. Um, being, mm -hmm. with, being with that person um, helps a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Making time, and I know that is your love language. I know that you yes. want my time. Yes. Um, I don't even necessarily want us to necessarily do anything. Right. I just want you there. Present. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, her crazy matches my crazy pretty good. Yeah, y'all are, so are good at crazy. We're good <laughs> at crazy. <laughs> we're, uh, we're a few days into this. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we got a lot of jokes, and, you know, we have the same references. And mm -hmm. um, so um, it's it's wonderful. She's ready it's to go right now. I see her moving her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> very She's always ready Very similar <laughs> sense of humor. Very yeah. similar sense of yes, humor. Yes, during my recording, for the record, Nacho yeah. Libre was quoted quite a bit. Right. That's oh, yeah. when I knew we were gonna yeah. we were gonna have a, a good relationship. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. It's, we play it every Easter. That's our. That is. I, that really is that our is. tradition. And people yeah. are listening, thinking just when I thought they were spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy I, Easter. I, mean, yeah. I think it's pronounced Easters. It Easters. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I love it. Yeah. So in between the, as you're describing mm -hmm. the time that, that you guys have together, that mm -hmm. that's a rhythm in mm -hmm. and of itself. Right. So you as an individual mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to um, step into that, with your spouse, you personally, what would you say are some things that you do to, to keep that flow moving? Yeah. You know, um, so, um, one of the things that it's an advantage for me is that I, I spend time in the word, not only because I enjoy it, but it's also in some ways my vocation. Mm -hmm. So leading, um, uh, you know, having to prepare, like I'm preaching this Sunday. Mm -hmm. So um, I have to prepare. And you're right, Melissa, I think you mentioned this earlier about pastors learning so much when they study it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this Sunday I'm doing uh, wives submit to your husbands kind of something. Uh, no, I'm just teasing. I <laughs> 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 was no way I'm doing that one. Yeah, um, no. I'd no. rather do like Revelations 13 <laughs> or something, or it's just some, something Something really, about a beast. A and beast. A <laughs> I'll do anything Revelations, just right. not that. Just um, not that one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, keeping in the word uh, helps that rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, um, because then, uh, listen, when you, get, when you get married, you're two different people, and you have to figure out what the absolute is. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, if I know I'm right, and she knows she's right. Well, who's actually right? Mm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a big valid point. But if we both agree that God's word will have the final authority mm. in our relationship, mm -hmm. then we've we've put our trust into something else besides ourselves. Yeah, right. And so, if we both agree to that, and we both have surrendered to that, mm -hmm. um, then you know, it's like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, let me just go and apologize. Even though I know I'm right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's still For the record. <laughs> it still brings me into a state of humility. And it brings mm -hmm. me into uh, being a peacemaker. And yeah. it puts me into acknowledging what's more important. Mm -hmm. right. And so um, those are things that, uh, that really help me. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. You're, you're building a bridge mm -hmm. each time. 
Right. It's interesting that Jesus asked us and called us to be peacemakers and not peacekeepers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peacemakers. Right. So yeah. different than trying to, right. as we say, running around keeping the peace. Right. We're not that good. Not mm-hmm. that qualified. But when you think about being a peacemaker. Right. And through that process of continuing to build the bridge, mm-hmm. and like you said, the humility and the process. I remember reading years ago, like, what do I do if I know if I know I'm right and I know she's wrong, or I know I know I'm right and I know he's wrong. Right. Someone well, someone has to step up. Well, I mean, I think it's right? interesting at that point, choice. right? Truth isn't a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know. Right. So, um, you know, being right. I mean, that's not <laughs> right. That's the fr- that's the fruit of my spirit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that uh, weed grows. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There's always oh, a weed. Boy. There's always a weed. Right. Oh, Something else. That weed. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful! I use the word weed. Yeah, generation. exactly. That's right. Not it. You know something. Something I wrote in my book is that we can be so hell bent on protecting our position of being right that we forsake the opportunity to see the truth. Mm-hmm. If we if we will both take a step back and be able to to make that decision and that choice to reconcile first with God and, and then with ourselves and then we can we can see what's in front of us. We can both see we can both see the truth mm-hmm. for, for what it for what it really is supposed to be because we know mm-hmm. that the scriptures tell us that the truth sets us free. You know the mm-hmm. truth and the truth sets us sets mm-hmm. us free. Like yeah. you said that the scriptures are that God is the absolute. Like Proverbs three, five and six says mm-hmm. when we trust him with our whole being. Right. And I, I really, uh, I really leaned into the passion translation of that, where it says, "Not even your own opinions, mm-hmm. that God will direct us and guide us and lead us, right? Yeah. Ultimately, where, where He knows it's best for us, even if the only step we can see is the one that's just right in front of us, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So I, that's so powerful. I mean, just both of you, your, your rhythm and your routine looks looks different, but yet. Mm-hmm. It merges and it's beautiful and you got this music going on, right? Yeah. And yeah. lots yeah. of and lots of laughter. Before we wrap up tonight, it's been so beautiful. Uh, where do you find yourself in conversation the most with people? Because JJ, I know that you mm-hmm. said you and Melissa do live in everything that you do, whether you're with your teachers guiding them or students mm-hmm. or you're out with the homeless or mm-hmm. you're under a bridge or you're at the in the church or you're in the studio um, that you that your lives are missional, that what you do, that mm-hmm. that's just how you live. What really brings you joy? What lights that fire on the inside of you? Do you do you both because I, I witnessed being with both of you at the restaurant last mm-hmm. week and just striking up conversation. And then I, I loved watching your face, watching him uh-huh. <laughs> as you just love what, you know, and then yeah. you jumped in and, mm-hmm. and you're ready to go. And what just ignites on the inside of both of you when you're just out and about and, mm-hmm. and doing your thing and living your life, where do you find yourself in conversation with people that really brings you joy? You know, when you finally see somebody get it, you know, and, um, when you finally see somebody understand that God is for them mm. and and they're able to get God out of the book and really experience who he is, there's something really powerful about that to me that makes the rest of my life change 
I make every decision. I've I've given I've surrendered my life for that response. Um, because when you when somebody gets it and they understand the gospel and they surrender to it and they understand it and they accept it, it not only affects them but it affects people around them. Mm-hmm. And like in some ways, like their kids have a shot. Because my dad did that. My dad came to know Jesus, and then I'm the fr- I'm the fruit. I'm the residue of that decision so i'm the effect of that because my dad did and so um i i think about what we were talking about earlier about you were talking about melissa Mm -hmm. generations Mm -hmm. uh not you know um maybe not understanding the the messages or understanding the gospel so much but judges 210 Mm. it says that there will come a whole generation that didn't even know the lord and is that going to happen on our watch you know and so that scripture has led me to go pursue these relationships to go strike up conversations with musicians. I, you know, musicians are quirky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, we're a weird crew. Um, we're sensitive. We're so insecure. And there's a lot of dangerous pitfalls that you can get yourself into where your identity becomes your accolades. Your identity becomes your talent. I'm this person. I'm a bassist. And we say those things like that, you know. And so it's a, it's a very dangerous thing. And so being able to talk into those, uh, that younger generation and go, hey, you know, this isn't, it's just a craft that you do. It's not really who you are. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually something else besides that. Mm. And if, um, and not only that, you know, musicians want to make it, but I don't know if they've defined what it is. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. do you know you haven't made it already? Yeah. Maybe you've already made it. Maybe you can relax now mm. and just be at peace. Yeah. So um, what is it? You know, so you have to, d- I've, uh, I've always made him define it. Okay, well, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Write it down for me. Um, well, I want to support a family doing what I love after like, you know, different versions of versions. We've kind of peeled back the layers and that's the answer. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, then it sounds like you made it. Yeah. So let's start living. Yeah. And um, it's like define what you do and then tell me who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's challenging because those lines become blurred. It's like, well, I don't actually I can tell you what I do, but I don't know if I can tell you who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way. Right. That gets lost in the process. It does. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I know this too. Like if I go, like you mentioned the restaurant, Melissa doesn't start the conversation. She doesn't usually do that, but she hijacks it from me and I love it. Yeah. Um, that's probably not the right word, um, but she, and I want her to because she is such more lovable. Like she is, they lo- people just gravitate towards Melissa. They just love her. Oh, She's their go favorite. On. <laughs> She's Go off favorite. now. Get into so it, JJ. All I do is I start it, and then Melissa jumps in, uh-huh. and then it's that's it's we're already we're we're and we're off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but she doesn't. You know, she's she doesn't start those conversations normally. You don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I usually don't. do. I break the ice, and mm-hmm. then once she realizes, she enhances. She enhances. Um. That's it. She uh, got that she ginger. Really she got that ginger spice. If, if hijack could mean something good, it's in a good way. It's like she, mm-hmm. she's driving the ship. She everybody's mm-hmm. on the bus, but she's driving it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's that's really great and fun to see. And that's where I think for us, we love that. That gives mm-hmm. us life. Because then we're like, you know, um, and by the way, she doesn't remember any of the names of people at church, but she knows like every bartender yeah. uh, and every waitress. Yeah. Yep. name. She knows. And I don't like I'm like, how do you know her name? We've only we, we haven't been here in like eight months. <laughs> and all of our neighbors. That's Caroline. I'm like, I don't even know how you do it. <laughs> and it was, and it was yeah. like, Melissa, don't you remember this person at church? No, I don't remember <laughs> that. <person. laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily know why. I, I, I think that, you know, when we're when we're talking to people, and and you mentioned before about for me, my love language is time, right? You know, I feel like a lot of times, um, church is an event. And people go to the event and then they leave. We go and we, you know, are having a meal and we're taking we're taking time, right? I have that time to spend with these people. You know, I have that time to to get to know them. I have that time to joke with them. I have that time to tell them ridiculous stories and make mm. them laugh and see what makes them laugh. And that's really hard to to make happen you know, in the, in the, um, you know, you know, five minutes before and after the sermon or in that little time that I always hate where the pastor says like, and now turn around and shake somebody's hands. Like, Hey guys, let's freak out the introverts and (laughs) (laughs) let's freak them out right now. I mean, there's (laughs) Turn up all the lights. <laughs> right. Pull Let the spots hold. on that person in the back over there. He's standing by Let himself. Let me hold your sweaty hand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so do you, you think know? it could be, um, as you're saying all this, I'm like, oh, maybe it's that. Because um, people are thinking, great. So you're saying church isn't fun. Oh, Melissa mm-hmm. only knows people when she's having fun. But I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking, is it the like, is it because it's more intimate? It's like the, it's, it's, it's the connection. On a, yeah, it's the connection. It's, it's, it's the on a smaller connection. scale. It's more intimate. It's like yeah, this. It's yeah. a obviously it's a totally different setting. But mm-hmm. you know, if you could if you could go from being at a an event or a service mm-hmm. and you bring that to like a community setting where it's smaller mm-hmm. or it's a group that's yeah. in your home, yeah. there's and probably there's not anybody that you would that would leave that you would know their name, right? Right. right. And like so, for example, like. I think th- there's there's a fair amount of people at church that I actually do know, baby. I know. I, <laughs> yeah, I was. You no, know, no, no. I was going for drama, he's, but yeah. he does. I mean, but he's not he's he's not exaggerating. It's 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 few people compared to the number of people at the church, and it's and it's because those are the people that I've had the opportunity to do some aspect of life with. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, been able to, you know play with them and their kids I've gone out to a concert with them I've you know uh, done a small group type situation with them I've you know you know whatever it happens to be but um, you know it's it's I think that connecting with people in a way that is um, genuine and authentic for me at least it does it does require it does require some time and it does require um you know being in some kind of community and being you know doing life with people um in in a in a way and um i think that that's 
you know, one of the one of the important things that we have as people is our ability to connect mm-hmm. um, and our desire to do so. And I think that that's something that, you know, crosses colors and borders um, and is is definitely one of our strengths. And I would love to see churches that played more to the community aspect. Here's the thing. Churches always go through stages from the 60s to the 70s. Mm-hmm. It used to be the 50s, right? It was not no emotion in church, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So it was very sing hymns, and you dress this way, and you look, and there was a reverency to that, right? So uh, very quickly, and I'll do this very quickly, uh, uh, and then the 60s came out, right? And it became about all expression. It was free love, and we want to experience, of course, sexuality, right, happened in the in the uh, 60s and 70s, but it, it became about emotion with charismatic church birth from that. Mm. But by mm-hmm. the way, it's probably always happened, but it's just this, a, a new cycle. Mm-hmm. And then we become, we become tradition and then we, be, and then we get so charismatic, if I could use that word, just more expressive mm-hmm. until we touch the ark. And then we realize, oh, hey, everybody, we're touching the ark. And so let's start regressing now, you know, start changing. Let's make it more reverent more we're going to go back into stained glass windows and we're going to go back into more liturgy and there's a beautiful thing about it i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying it's always cycles and right now i think if you're to ask me as a musician and somebody who's in the biz with worship i would say that we're on the cusp we're at the very tail end of what we're at right now mm-hmm. there's going to be like i've had three or four new pastors that i've talked mm-hmm. to who are looking for worship leaders who are telling me they don't want the tracks. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. want organic worship. They want it They want it this way. And these are young guys. Mm-hmm. So I can already tell that it's a new thing. coming. And I don't mean right. to make this about music, but um, so I'm just saying it's always revolving. It's always a moving cycle. Mm-hmm. And, that the, uh, and it kind of needs to be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of, per- where it's going to right now is exactly the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a jazz musician, and I love, I hate practicing the endings of songs. Mm-hmm. I like to see if we're all skilled enough. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Jazz is not winging it. Mm-hmm. You have to be good at it. Yeah. You have to understand the theory. You have to understand it's technical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's the calculus of music. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can't wing it. You know, that's not when people use the word jazz, you know, they'll go wing it. But it's actually very complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I'm excited where we're going. I feel encouraged for this next season. of. of Well, I immediately think when you're saying that, what's the calculus of the soul? (laughs) It always comes back to soul care. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about, yeah, like the intimacy and the Mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. As I'm hearing both of you share Mm -hmm. is that we are we start out we're after perfection but really what what we're craving and what we're seeking is connection mm-hmm. that we are we are after you know we were talking at dinner tonight about sex versus intimacy mm-hmm. is that if we're not careful we can we we can live such a transactional life yes we can be so transactional in our relationships and at the end of the day, what matters most? Relationships. Mm-hmm. We can look around at our lives. It's relationships. 
you know, if you don't have that, if you don't have those healthy, thriving, growing, flourishing relationships in mm -hmm. your life, the community, mm -hmm. what you referred to, what you've shared tonight mm -hmm. is that it, what does it revolve around mm -hmm. and those, those connections and those relationships and those community for us to, to breathe life into those places that have been asleep for so long and mm -hmm. It is like you're like you're sharing, JJ, that yeah, it's so. so cyclical, you know, when we look at the 60s and the 70s and, and we can look at how it's we can say it's, you know, we've evolved. Well, how much <laughs> we evolve? We're still after we're still after the same things mm -hmm. as human beings that we can never get away from what we truly need is is that the intimacy in our lives and, mm -hmm. and that connection? What we're after is that when, when we think of Eden. Mm -hmm. And we think of Eden being restored in our lives, that that origin story, God's original intent and his design for our lives is that he's after that intimacy with us, restoring, restoring that back mm -hmm. to us and being able to have that connection right. over perfection. So yeah. you guys are amazing. Yeah. Thank you for oh, sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I'm encouraged by your book and I think mm -hmm. soul care would is it really going to be a good thing? And uh, mm -hmm. especially if it becomes a normal diet mm -hmm. to pr mm -hmm. into becoming a better person. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. It is. It is about establishing a, um, a rhythm in our mm -hmm. lives. And really, I, let me reframe that. Maybe not even establishing because that feels mm -hmm. more like a routine, but it's, I feel like there is an intention that it requires, right? There is an intention and yeah. you, mm -hmm. through the process, you discover how you can intuitively live your life. Mm -hmm. And out of that rhythm, then you have the routine that just naturally begins to develop and you find those areas mm -hmm. of your life that you have neglected. Mm -hmm. You find the inner child that you've left behind. You stop beating yourself up over what you should have done right. or could have done. Mm -hmm. And you begin to develop tools and pick up tools for your life that you didn't have before. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about in, as a musician of discovering along the way, as you have grown spiritually and emotionally mm -hmm. and you, and you know, going through college and then discovering your passion. And mm -hmm. then now you're a, a teacher <laughs> to the teachers and how you go through that process in your life and mm -hmm. how you work through modalities and tools and what you use mm -hmm. with curriculum and, mm -hmm. and the people that, that you have equipped along the way. Right. And it's just like what, what JJ said about his life, what inspires him? He can't, he can't, you know, create what he's not putting in. And I know mm -hmm. it's the same for you to be able, that's it very yeah. demanding what you do right yeah it, it it definitely can be and yeah. it's like um you know i think that there there comes a point where you have to have to look at yourself and say okay you know this relationship that i have with god um is a corny example that i that i heard uh the other day okay. but um it's you know is it is it a telephone pole, like directly, like mm. me straight up to God, all about my relationship, like me straight to God, me straight to God, just mm. like, you know, a telephone pole? Or is it a cross where, you know, yes, I have that component that's me straight to God, but I'm also 
in community with people that I'm holding up. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, so many times we get so focused on ourselves, you know, our relationship to God, our relationship to God, our relationship to God. And I'm not saying that that isn't tremendously important. And I'm not saying that, you know, one should neglect a personal relationship with God. But a personal relationship with God is borne out by being able to bear up the, 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 the suffering, uh, the needs of others mm-hmm. as well. And I think that being able to, um, you know, attend to that aspect of the cross um, and, and is something that um, I, I strive to do that. And I know I see, you know, JJ strive to do that all the time and um, it's something that you know really compl- really br- really brings a sense of completeness to uh, to your walk mm-hmm. I guess yeah it's probably that's a so good good way to say it yeah. yeah I love that it is tending to our soul is we do that so that we can we can come alongside those that are around us mm-hmm yeah right so that we can Absolutely. do continue to to do and like you said sometimes the best antidote for your soul is to help another soul yes mm-hmm. absolutely i think that's yeah. what you're saying yeah there's definitely a, there's definitely a component of of serving others mm-hmm. and getting the focus off of yourself that um really puts things in perspective and really opens you to hear from God in a way that when you're so focused on yourself, you don't tend to hear from God that way. You know, um, yeah, so Jesus said to go make disciples, Mm -hmm. not, you know, build them. I mean, yes, build them, but the actual scriptures say make. Mm -hmm. So out of, that means non-disciples. Yeah. You know, and even Colossians 4, it says, walk towards outsiders. Mm -hmm. You know, are we, what does that look like? Yeah. Why is this all this thing about walking towards outsiders mm-hmm. and making them? And, and he must mean that he must want me to speak to new people. Mm-hmm. Not at the yeah. people at our church, necessarily, because mm-hmm. the, the, the healthy don't need a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, that's right. I, think that's why you rem- I think that's why God has you. I think when you remember all those names, Melissa, I think it's God doing it. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah, I'm just telling you because yeah. it's it's nothing to apologize for because oh I think no. the the healthy don't need a doctor, mm-hmm. and I'm just bad with names. Well, so I love <laughs> I love too being able to, um, you know, work with or talk to people and work through their misconceptions um, about what a Christian is. I believe in science. I do believe yes. in science. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, dialogue, man. Right. It is It is about inviting. Mm-hmm. You know, the first step is to sit in the pain with them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They, they feel, I know when mm-hmm. I feel seen, mm-hmm. when I feel seen, when I feel heard by another human being, mm-hmm. I, I feel the love, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you, like, you, you're connecting with me because you're sitting with me, you're willing, you're willing to sit, you're willing to invest. And we just, we go through so much Mm -hmm. day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Go through so much and in our lives and to just to pause and just say, how are you? 
Mm-hmm. You know, how are you doing today? How, I mean, it is, it's, it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. The other day I was at a store and, and I, I asked the, the guy that was, um, Cashier. bagging my groceries. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, I said, how's your day going? And he said, got here at two, going to go home drink tonight and I'm going to get up and I'm going to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just rolled off of his tongue. Like this is, this is it, man. And that, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I said, so it's not going so good. And he was like, yeah, not, not really, you right. know? Um, but it was just that, it's just that moment of human to human. Mm-hmm. Just, I thought, wow. Thank you for being vulnerable. I mean, he just, I'm a complete stranger, right? Right. And I think it doesn't, it doesn't take much to just pause and ask someone mm-hmm. how they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. how, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. You know, just, just right. let them know that, hey, I see you, that you're seen and that they, they feel loved and, mm-hmm. hey, what's your name? Okay. You know, I'll be thinking yeah. about you today or I'll, I'll be praying for you today. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can tell too, um, Jules, that you have a big heart mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. And um, what a great gift it is for somebody to give you permission to speak into their life. Mm. You know, that's, a, that's not an easy thing. Right. And people do that. The people give you that. Mm. And for you, it might seem pretty easy, but it's, it's actually quite difficult. And mm. you, maybe you right. know that. But you're just, um, your demeanor and who God has made you to be has put you in a position to really, um, you know, help to, mm. to, to walk with people. Right. So I'm just glad you're using your powers for good. Thank you. Thank you. That's you're very humbling. And, and I appreciate that. And you're an excellent reader. Oh, <laughs> this girl One, read. two, three. Exactly. Yeah, right? One, two, three. Uh, <laughs> uh, JJ, thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is, um, it, it is very humbling and mm-hmm. it is so honoring. It mm-hmm. is every conversation. There's, there's so much honor mm-hmm. in that and gaining, gaining access to someone's life and their story. Right. Is that, man, it just never gets old. Yeah. It's the vulnerability and sitting with people and someone inviting me into their story and into their personal life. Just, I'm at your home tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, being with you guys, this is this is so special, really this is and Wednesday precious. For us. We do this. this is Wednesday. So yeah, I um, love it. Luckily, Melissa allows me to bring home like um, I bring so <laughs> many musicians over here that she's never even met. It's. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so I can show up next Wednesday night, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> there might not be a bed available, but I can Someone's show up. Someone's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're about to close cool. out. Right. Any any last uh, any last thoughts? What is in non-dairy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what is in yeah. that stuff? Yeah. Uh, Why don't you need to fridge it? <laughs> that is weird. What's uh, in the chemicals there, babe? What's in the chemicals? What's in the chemistry there? 
<laughs> she's like, I'm oh, out. Oh boy. You know what? Don't tell me. Just, yeah, that's yeah. Don't tell me. Keep it, it a surprise. Melissa ruins everything. Yeah. When you, when you, you do. <laughs> yeah. So then I don't want to. You don't want to. Right. You really don't want to know. It's kind of like the swimming pool. You really don't no. want to know. <laughs> oh, the dream yeah. team, the power couple. Oh, appreciate it. We're rolling out. Okay. We're rolling out. Cool. Thank you guys Great. so right. much. You bet. Right. Until next time. Until next All time. Right. Ciao. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Yellow Soul today. JJ, Melissa, and I had such a blast hanging out with you, and I do hope that you found some moments to laugh in between our seriousness. If this episode empowered you and brought some inspiration and joy into your life, would you please share it with a friend? I know that when someone shares information or something with me, it always seems like it's exactly what I need in that moment, and we can be that for someone else, so... Please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. I would be so honored to hang out with you every single week, and you'll be the first to know when a new episode comes out. Usually my episodes do come out every Friday, and we have some amazing guests lined up, and I can't wait to share their stories of resilience with you. Until next time, cheers. Wait, I forgot to say three, two, one, or one, two, three. (laughs) Enjoy your day.